Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. We're talking with uh, Anna Tillman, a geologist who's had many, many years' experience in the um, petroleum industry. Uh, We have talked about the, um, the scientific method, and the scientific method has served us well for many, many centuries, and it always seems to fail when it is appropriated or misappropriated by government who has an agenda and can uh, use the scientific method in a fake way uh, for their own selfish purposes. Yes. So, as a geologist, and as a geologist who's been involved heavily in the petroleum industry, you understand that Earth has had a long history. 4.6 billion years, if you can even imagine it. That's right. Well, I don't think I'm going to live (laughs) 4.6 billion years. None of us do. None of us do. But what's what's really kind of interesting is that Obviously, for those 4.6 billion years, uh, we didn't have TV cameras. None. uh, None. We didn't have uh, anyone back there taking notes. No scribes for for most of that. Man hasn't been around but a little tiny speck speck in the overall history of the planet Earth. So most of what we know about Earth is from geology. Yes. So how about telling us... What is the history of Earth? The history of Earth is very, very, very long. There have been incredible changes and fluctuations in temperature, climate, atmospheric gases. Um, I mean, I I find it almost unnerving that that people today talk about, um, you know, the hottest day, you know, late last summer would be the hottest day in history. And uh, the Earth, 4.6 billion years ago, started out as a molten ball of lava. It was 400,000 degrees C. It was very, very hot. That's how it started. That was the hottest day. So that's the hottest, <laughs> that was the hottest day ever. That was the hottest climate ever. So it took about 4 billion years for the Earth to cool down and become somewhat inhabitable for the very first uh, organisms. So the Precambrian is that is that era that um, is listed as being 4.6 billion years to about 570 million years ago, and that demarcation is when the first organisms began to to form, uh, which started the Cambrian period. 
So obviously, all during these hundreds of millions of years, Earth was completely devoid of any kind of life of any kind. Completely. About 80% of the time that the Earth has been in existence, it has been devoid of life. And it was devoid of life because the temperatures were not hospitable to anything that we would even come close to recognizing. Absolutely. We didn't have oceans for billions of years. When did we have oceans? Uh, Sometime in the middle Precambrian. So by the end of the Precambrian, the oceans had formed. And how many years ago was that? That was about, I'd say about 2 billion years ago. About 2 billion years ago. Yes. Long before Miami Beach, right? Long before. So we've had oceans for about 2 billion years, and uh, I guess you've, life, you know, there's a lot of theories about where life came from and, and all that stuff, but uh, without water, uh, it really would have been pretty impossible for life to exist. Without carbon dioxide and water, it would have been impossible for life to exist. We are a carbon planet, aren't yes, we? Yes, we are. We're carbon-based. Yes, we are. And it's essential yeah, it to our essential. life. So what kind, of, what kind of changes? Let's go to the times when there was actual life on Earth. Um, a lot of, there were some like mass extinction events, at least one or two that we know about, were there not? There have been a lot of mass extinctions, probably a lot we don't know about because the record is fairly slim. Again, as you mentioned, no cameras, no documentation. All we have are fossils and the rock record, uh, which has been studied extensively. And one thing I think is kind of cool, when I was in college, which was many, 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 many years ago, um, you know, we knew a certain thing things about the earth and earth's history and over that time and I I had to keep up and study additionally about what has been learned just since I've been in college has been tremendous so we're learning more and more every day about history but it's very it's very sketchy but we have had lots of mass extinctions Um, the Permian was a big one and that was um, about 90 percent of ocean animals were um, were eliminated when extinct, and about ten percent, I mean seventy percent of land animals. So that was a huge extinction um, during the Permian period. How many years ago was that? That was roughly um, five hundred million years ago. Um, and, and what kind of animals were in existence at that time? Were those, uh, the, were those the dinosaurs or was that... No, dinosaurs was, weren't there yet. They were just invertebrates and fishes then. So there was a mass extinction. No one, you have, no one has any idea what happened? Or? Well, uh, it looks like it was probably temperature because the temperatures absolutely skyrocketed. And there's also the thought that the ocean currents stopped. And it may have been uh, because of the high temperatures i'm not i think they're not exactly sure on that but it was a temperature it was related to very high temperatures i mean 120 130 degrees fahrenheit um and that the ocean currents stopped which would definitely kill the marine life and the the biggest percentage of life that was killed 90% was marine, were marine yeah. life yes 
And so we recovered, or the earth recovered from that. The earth will always recover. I heard something on the way up here today from AOC, and she was saying something about how we could not destroy the earth, that she's going to fight to keep us humans from destroying the earth, and it's not possible. We may be destroyed. We may destroy ourselves, but the earth will always recover. It's been through much worse than a few degrees so see higher so after that mass extinction event obviously life returned absolutely returned and that's when eventually we had the dinosaur era right so so the cambrian went through about 220 million years ago so the end of the cambrian was also and and it's interesting a lot of the periods and the eras uh of for of geology are based on extinctions mass extinctions so the end of the Cambrian was also another mass extinction. So the next era was the um, Mesozoic. And the Mesozoic is known as the age of the dinosaurs. So reptiles um, first began to come to life in the beginning of the Mesozoic. And then the dinosaurs developed out of those. And then the end of the Mesozoic was the extinction of the dinosaurs 65 million years ago. And so about 65 million years ago, that's when that say was a mass extinction event of some kind in the dinosaurs. Yes, dinosaurs were wiped out. And they weren't driving SUVs and or anything like that. No, they, they weren't. No, they weren't. But they were walking almost all over the globe in subtropic to tropic environments as far north as the Arctic Circle. Really? Yes. And they were swimming in... Idaho. They were swimming in Idaho. (laughs) Yeah. I hope they were at a good resort there. They probably were. It was beautiful. A lot of carbonates, a lot of beautiful ocean. And so what do you think happened to them? To the dinosaurs? That's fairly well known because, again, it's closer. And, yes, it's still 65 million years ago. But we know a lot more about 65 million years ago than we do 600 million years ago. So, um that was due to a meteorite hit, and it actually hit in the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico, and there's some really cool information coming out on research done in that area that they, they're now, they've outlined the area of the meteorite based on some crazy uh, geophysical work that's been done. So they know exactly where the meteorite hit. Uh, it's in the Gulf of Mexico, and it was an enormous, enormous blast and so the blast itself would have killed many many animals Um, and then the ash and the soot and all the you know everything coming up into the atmosphere from the explosion itself encircled the whole earth and no sun no plants no food they died and small organisms did survive i think the roach survived um crocodile survived Small mammals survived, but everything that needed a lot of food did not survive. And that was how long ago was that? That was roughly 65 to 66 million years ago. And so from that period on, there was a gradual repopulation of the earth with many different creatures many many different creatures and some of the first creatures were uh, were mammals but that grew into the megafauna that we all 
know and love that are really cool. You know, the mammoth, the saber-toothed tiger, um, or cat, I guess I should say. So all those really big animals um, that have now gone extinct, and I'm not sure exactly why they went extinct. Probably they needed too, you know, a lot of food to keep um, to keep living. So the history of man, really, on Earth is is very, very recent. Very, very recent. Um, I read recently that we estimate 200 to 300 thousand years ago, the first existence of the Homo sapiens, um, but in, in certain parts of the Earth. But they've been you know, definitely by 60,000. So it's really about 60,000 years that we can say we're true hominids or humanoids or whatever yes. you want to call them. Yeah, that's when you think about... Tiny. Four, five, 4.2 billion years versus 60,000. We really have a very small part of the history of our planet that we have any... that we had any uh, anything to do with. Very small very small. You could draw a chart of the geologic time scale, and it's literally just a a pin dot. We're talking with Anna Tillman, a geologist, about the history of planet Earth, which I've always found pretty fascinating. When when you study, in order to get this data, they they take core samples. They dig. Is that how it's done? And a lot of core the- samples. Yes. And recently, there have been a lot of ice core samples, which is kind of cool because. Ice actually traps air, so they have air from the time period that the ice core or the ice was deposited. Really? Yeah, so they have samples of the actual atmosphere. So what does that say about oxygen and carbon dioxide way back then? Oh, it's been much higher, much higher. And plants thrived, animals thrived. Right. 2,000, 4,000 parts per million, no problem. Of? Carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide, yes. Yes. Now, we all know about photosynthesis. Do you want to just review photosynthesis? Well, there again, it takes carbon dioxide and water and sunlight for the plants to make their food. And that is the basis of photosynthesis. So we have a symbiotic relationship with plants. Completely. We can't live without them. That's right. So if there are no plants, what happens to us? We don't survive. We don't survive either. And what do plants need? Carbon dioxide yeah. and lots of it. Lots of it. The more they have, the better they grow. Isn't yes, they true? do. Yes, they do. What do commercial greenhouse growers, they pump in 1,000, 1,200 parts per million carbon dioxide to help the plants grow better? So the natural amount currently is about what about 440 parts per million around there and plants are growing pretty good i can look out the window here things look yeah they are they could grow better with a little higher a little higher co2 right i read that there was a period of time actually before the industrial revolution where carbon dioxide was actually diminishing is that true and that uh, in in some respects the industrial revolution saved human life and plant life by putting carbon dioxide out into the air. You could say that. I would say that. So carbon dioxide is central, and uh, our government has had the extreme wisdom of declaring it a poison gas. EPA really tried that a few years ago, and that actually horrified me as a scientist. 
and uh, it actually didn't pass. So they, they, it's not technically a pollutant, but EPA tried it, and it almost passed. So I thought to myself, if it was declared a pollutant by EPA, could we not breathe out? That's right. Or tax us when we breathe out? Yeah, I'm sure they were considering something <laughs> along those lines. The interesting thing is when, when, when I hear something like that, my first thought is these are obviously people who didn't actually pass third grade. They definitely didn't take any earth science classes or didn't listen, or like or Al Gore didn't pass. Yes, okay. So we've had a pretty relatively short period of time on earth, but the climate has been pretty variable during those 60,000 years, hasn't it? I'd say it's been variable, but in comparison to geologic history, it's actually been very stable. Um, I mean, again, you go back 4.6 billion years, and it's been highly variable, highly. I mean, you look at all these graphs, and there's all this, you know, scatter and CO2 and temperature and, you know, other things, and you get down to, you know, the last 100, 200,000 years, and it's really relatively stable. But we know that it, during the history of man on Earth, let's say the last 50,000 years or so, we have had a, a relative degree of stability. Yes, we have. Otherwise, we wouldn't really have been able to exist. Absolutely. So when we got, come to recorded history, we have a little better idea of what was actually going on, don't we? Yeah, the last 150 years. Yeah. Well, we actually know longer than that. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about the medieval warm period. Uh, Al Gore hasn't. <laughs> actually, he's a, a medieval warming period denier. Ah, skeptic. He's a skeptic. Oh my God, that's terrible. Yes, yes, it was very warm, and actually, there have been other warming recent warming events. Uh, there was a Roman warming period and a Minoan, and so. You know, the thought is that during these warming periods that there were great advances in art, architecture, science, etc. The Vikings, you know, the Vikings adventure was probably greatly enhanced by the warming period. Well, we do know that the Vikings had farms. They raised animals in Greenland. and crops in Greenland. It's now covered with two miles of ice. Yes, crocodiles lived in Greenland 65 yeah. million years ago. And there were areas in Europe where they were able to grow wine grapes then that they cannot grow grapes now. Right. And that's recorded. That is recorded. The alarmists somehow ignore that. How? Denial is all I can think because it's interesting that if they, they contest the actual data, like the numbers and the charts and the graphs, but the data is backed up by history, archaeology, things that we actually can measure and see. So I'm not sure how they are able to convince themselves that, that they literally do deny the warming periods, especially the medieval, medieval warming trend. And actually, during the medieval warming period, it was warmer than it is now. Is it? Is that... That's what the data looks like, Yes. So we are not even as warm now as then. Of no. course, you remember the first Earth Day. I'm sure you do. I do. And what was the prediction? Uh, ice Age. Yeah. 
So that by the year 2000s, wasn't it something like 80% of the species on Earth would be dead? There were lots of devastation planned, predicted. And didn't they predict it was going to decrease the temperature of Earth by 11 degrees? Yeah, something like that. Wow. It's amazing. They can't make up their mind. Well, that didn't work out, did it? No, it didn't. So what happened? Proven wrong. Right. It was proven wrong by actual facts. By facts. Right. So what did they do? They had to switch to a new... They had to went the other direction. I know. Funny how that happens in the church of climate change. It is a church. It's a religion. It's a cult. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything going to be all right this morning.